2: sean don't be a moron
0: that is the definition of a buyout probably no so you don't know
2: if you'll stop yelling i'll explain it to you you idiot all right sean you're not you're not this fucking stupid I'm not I, calling him an idiot. What I'm no, saying not calling me an idiot. Sometimes you talk and you don't necessarily understand everything, He's Sean. Oh.
0: I don't know. Why don't you tell me since But you, you just know. said you do. You Did just you said know? you do. I don't know, we lost viewers, probably because you're rude. It's the list and your boy. With Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. Sapp.
1: And we're live
0: whoa <laughs> wow. what's up you guys melissa getting those reps in those first string reps I was gonna say Nig- nigel upped his estrogen <laughs> <laughs> yeah man this show brought to you by omg.com check out our friends over at omg.com of course you all have heard us talk about that on previous shows i got sent a jar and it was magnificent fried some pork chops in it the other day gonna make a steak in it later it is incredible. Check them out, omgee. dot com. Let them know you heard from or uh, heard about them from us at omgeebutter butter on Twitter. Jimmy.
2: Good afternoon, Mr. Sap. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? I'm okay. How are you, sir? Very sensitive. You are very sensitive. <laughs> I uh, I was kind of the heel last week. I told you this off the air. I was kind of the heel last week, and uh, uh, I have three comments that I'm going to make three regarding the I'm sure this won't take any time at all oh it's going to take at least 10 minutes so I have three comments I'm going to make regarding the little debate that we had last week Sean and my voice is kind of shot I think I'm under the weather a little bit I don't know my uh, probably
0: from where you screamed at me last
2: week well I was screaming at some contractors upstairs too so maybe that has something to do with it but I, I feel like I'm a little under the weather so here's my first comment Sean and I said this to you off the air last week I'm going to say it again. I apologize to you, Sean, for some of my childish behavior with some of the words that I used. Uh, <laughs> now, I, you know, in retrospect, when I think about it, we've talked about this before. Day to day in the office, I'm not accustomed to people like, you know, raising their voice at me and cutting me off when I talk and stuff like that. And I think it annoyed me a little bit because I'm just not accustomed to it. But I told you when we started this thing, you have carte blanche. You can say what you want. No repercussions. And so uh, it was unprofessional of me to, to talk like that. I, I pride myself on not typically talking to people like that, especially people on payroll. I think Melissa and Nigel would concur. Mm-hmm. I'm usually pretty good, usually. Oh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> so I felt kind of bad about that. So that was, that's the first comment that I wanted to make. Uh, the second one was uh, watching back our little debate last mm-hmm. week, Sean, I watched it back. Did did you watch it back or did you watch my brilliant intro that you
0: banned?
2: It was the unauthorized, and unapproved version that you did. (laughs) It's up on our YouTube, guys. You should check it out. Yeah, I I didn't even get to review it first for approval. So yeah, it's unauthorized, unsanctioned. Uh, That's good. Watching back our debate, I will say, Sean, technically you were right last week. Technically you were right when you were talking about – and I don't say that very often. My wife is probably listening to this going, my God, because I never say that, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. And he just like had an orgasm. Did you yeah. see that? God. So I gotta excuse myself.
0: I gotta excuse myself.
2: Is the gi that good? It's so good. So technically, you were right when you were talking about the legalities. And I'm gonna—I just want to explain this for a minute. And I noticed on social media that a few people understood my point, but I think I did a really poor job of explaining oh, I my got point. my point? Did you get my point? Yeah, I got your point. I felt like I did a poor job explaining it, and again, it could be because you know of you know you cutting me off and stuff, and 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 just annoying me a little bit. So I I just wanted to I wanted to very simply simply explain my point, and my point very simply was when you have a billion dollar enterprise like WWE with unlimited resources and with high powered attorneys and with a CEO that has a past reputation for cutthroat backroom deals, and for threats, and for intimidation, and for ultimatums, and for bullying, all I was going to say was, in that situation, if they wanted to be dicks to a small outfit like MLW, and if they wanted to make their lives miserable to get their way, they could. And that was really all I meant, and so I kind of disregarded your legal argument, uh, because I wasn't thinking about it in terms of legalities, but that doesn't mean you were wrong. So, I wanted to say that.
0: Well, I'll say, the right type of offer could make anybody jump i mean how did you pull me from at the time the most visited wrestling website in the world cash money
2: yeah but that was still done legally i've seen a lot of things that was done legally yeah i've seen things done in business myself that were not exactly on the up and up and that's kind of the real world i guess but that was my second point here's my third point sean you're gonna like this one man you
0: found mike awesome and Nigel I knows. Nigel, Nigel knows that he's. Did you see the intro? Yeah, but no, it, it, I didn't.
2: So which, I found him. Sean is trying to. Uh, he's trying to pat himself on the back, saying, "I thought he had a contract and he didn't." But what I told Sean the air is the Mike Awesome thing wasn't the, the epicenter of my point. It was a bad example. That's what it was. But I'm going to move on to my last comment, and I was going to hold on to this one for a few weeks, uh, but under the circumstances, I think I'm just going to talk about it now. So one of my personal flaws, Sean is that I'm not always the best when it comes to patting people on the back and saying job well done and stuff like that. I'm not always the best at that. I think I've told <laughs> Melissa that I think she does an awesome job you know, on occasion. I think I've told Nigel that he does an awesome job on occasion. I think I've told you you do an awesome job on occasion. But I'm not the best at always kind of emphasizing it. And so I wanted to tell you, Sean, that I appreciate the time you put in And I appreciate the work that you do. Yeah, you're overly sensitive, but I appreciate the work that you do. And so here's what's going to happen. Wednesday, August 22nd, and it's ironic that it's a Wednesday. Wednesday, August 22nd is going to be the date of our annual luxury box at the Blue Jays game. I'm going to go ahead and fly you and your wife in again for that game. And... and. Uh, we'll have to figure out the date you want to come in. I'm going to get you a driver, and I'm going to I'm going to send you guys to Niagara Falls for a night.
1: Oh, Hot nice. dog!
2: Yes, because Niagara Falls is something that we, and I think you guys will agree with me, we kind of take it for granted.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm there right? every weekend. Oh, You guys are crazy. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. I am. My you, boyfriend's parents yeah. live all, over there.
2: Okay, There's I mean, like that, that makes it different. <laughs> that makes it different. I went
1: in February.
2: I, yeah. Well, there you go. That kind of, and I take it for granted, too, because I've been there a thousand times because the casino's there. <laughs> so, uh... I take it for granted, but people that aren't from the area, it it is like a wonder of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you guys are gonna—I'm gonna send you there for a day, spend a night up there, and you're gonna have fun. And there you go, Sean. So basically, here is the here is the the how things. I know what you did. Listen, listen. you're not
0: fooling me, Jimmy. What? (laughs) I know what you're doing. What? What? You're like, okay, I got an argument with the top guy—a fightful, my top guy. He talks a lot. Was Jeff Hawkins on third, the thing last night? <laughs> he did great analysis of the Punk Cabana stuff oh, last night. Oh, that's good. So, <laughs> he talks 30 hours every month for me. How can I get him to shut the fuck up? I will be so kind and generous to him that it will leave him speechless. I know what you're doing. I'm on to you. It'd be easy
2: for me to get you to and shut I'm the fuck up, And I'm not going to
0: stop taking this tone because it will mean that I am wrong in some <laughs> But I thank you.
2: Yeah, it's going to be I fun. I've actually, you. if I'm being honest with you, Sean, I've already had this booked for months. And, and Melissa and Nigel both know we've had the Blue Jay game booked for months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was planning the whole time to, to bring you up. But I just wanted to let it wait a little bit. And I like throwing in the little jabs about uh, if I ever bring you to Toronto again, you know, yeah. I, would, I would throw that in. But in reality, I've known for probably three months. That I was going to do this. So. And, and it's ironic that it's on a Wednesday, which means that we'll have to probably do our show on the Thursday, probably, that week. Yeah. And, but then we can throw in footage from the game. So, oh, yeah. Right? Oh, so yeah.
0: That's what we're going to do. I am so. very excited. I love Toronto, even though the people there think that I'm sensitive. Oh, we know you're sensitive. <laughs> if
1: Canadians are telling you you're sensitive, you yes. might have an issue. And we're like well, the nicest people in the I'm... world.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're sensitive. Because... Here's the thing, Canadians never experience anything that would make them sensitive. They don't have to deal with the mic literacies of the world, Jimmy, very often, like like your boy does. Uh huh. I'm very excited. That's actually, I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh my god, is that the week I have a wedding? It's the week after I have to be in a wedding, so
2: that works out great. I'm it's very cool excited. It's cool because I, I would have just told you to cancel the wedding. Yeah, well,
0: it's, it's, it's my wrestling coach, and he can break my neck, so. Uh,
2: no, that's cool. So we'll, we'll set that up. I'll talk to you about dates and stuff. We'll set that all up. Uh, Alex Anderson,
0: who was on our members-only podcast today, he's not having any of your apology. Oh, no? He said, you're using a pre-planned thing to apologize? Hashtag fake apology. Are <laughs> Nigel and Melissa getting raises? quality of the show has gone up a lot with them at the helm I gotta say the engagement on our show has improved significantly since Melissa and Nigel have been, since Melissa has become second string producer
2: essentially really I don't know if she'll be in here every week forever <laughs> oh, I, yeah see I can't I can't guarantee that because she's busy yeah. she's here now learning because Nigel's taking vacation next week so that's why she's in here right now
0: I so. have people warning me that you're just setting me up
2: for a heel turn.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was dying at that comment. I was waiting for you to acknowledge it.
2: <laughs> Maybe there's going to be a chair shot on August 22nd. I'm excited. I love Toronto. <laughs> it's a beautiful city. It's, a, it's the week before my birthday actually. Oh yeah, when's your birthday? Oh, yeah. August 30th. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, it'll be fun and August is uh, a great time of year in Toronto. And uh, hell, I, I might yeah. I might even have you at my new house for a night, Sean. We'll see.
1: Ooh,
2: fancy. Like, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I appreciate it. I
0: don't appreciate you trolling me. But, but you are one don't, of the Mike Don't you love the lack of, the of
2: gratitude on that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? You are one of the Mike Literuses of the world, Jimmy.
2: I don't even know if these guys know what you're referring to, but we'll get to it. I, it was
0: introduced into court.
2: I know, but I don't know if it's they.
0: Important.
2: We'll get to that in a minute. There's one more thing I want to talk about before we move on. Uh, so a few months ago, we had the. Infamous, for anybody that listens to our show regularly, infamous debate, pancakes versus waffles. <laughs> and it was proven, it was proven uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that pancakes are better. And uh, everybody knows it. Um, IHOP made an announcement on June 4th, and I don't know if you heard about this one. And Nigel's got the, the screenshot, the Twitter screenshot. I'm sorry, Melissa. Melissa's got I'm sorry, screenshot. Melissa. It's funny now because when I look over, I see Melissa now. <laughs> She's got the Twitter screenshot, and she's going to put it up. And here's the quote from uh, from what IHOP said on their Twitter. For 60 pancaking years, we've been IHOP. Now we're flipping our name to IHOP. Find out what it could be, with the letter B, on June 11. Um, bacon. Now, I think breakfast. You think bacon?
0: Mm. Think oh, it could be no, bacon? Not, Okay, I thought it was like for a day. It sounds no. like they're
2: changing their name.
0: Yeah, probably breakfast then
2: i was thinking breakfast what do you guys think melissa what do you think don't don't give me dead air what do you think
1: i was a little concentrated on something else
2: <laughs> what were you looking at
1: wirecast
2: oh okay yeah, you're just learning <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry okay nigel ihob what do you think the b stands for
3: hi uh, it's
4: got to, i i would say either bacon or breakfast that would be my that would be my guess because now bacon is like
2: i never thought about if this could be just a short-term promotion or if it's going to be uh like completely rebranding i never thought about that if it Game is a rebranding
0: i think it, i think it's like breakfast or something right. pink i mean and even even breakfast is a little i don't know in, little limited yes i used to wrestle uh, do grappling tournaments for the ohio grappling challenge and they changed their name to the american grappling challenge because they didn't want to seem so regional they didn't want to seem restricted. Right. Uh, I could see them doing
2: this, but yeah, IHob. Wow. IHob. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it, it's it's a harder name to say, so I still think it's just a promotion and that it won't be forever. But the way they wrote it for the whole, for 60 Pancake in years and all that, I guess we'll see. But I wanted to bring that up when I heard about it. Uh, I have eaten more pancakes over the last, since, since that argument, <laughs> and
0: crepes. Than I did in years before, just because I started to get paleo pancakes. But we got a waffle iron, well, so I cut that shit are out. Better.
2: Yeah, because pancakes are better. So uh, the uh, crepes were okay. Let's move on to CM Punk. Um, so I'm sure most most people that listen to the show probably heard about this. Now he was victorious in the defamation case against Cole, uh, alongside Cole Cabana against Doctor Chris Amon, who's WWE's doctor. Uh, I didn't follow every single detail of the case. I understand that the lump was the big thing and whether it existed and all that. Yeah. All I'm, all I'm going to say is this. I heard some of your post-Smackdown podcast this week, and I heard Jeff say he thought that, uh, that the jury was going to find in favor of Chris Amon. That actually surprised me when Jeff said me that. Too. I thought for sure Punk and Cabana were going to win. And here's why I thought Punk and Cabana were going to win. Because it was a jury trial. I think if it had to have been strictly based on a judge, Dr. Amon had a better shot, my personal yeah. opinion. Because it was a jury trial, my opinion is it was going to be difficult for him to prove that the podcast did damage to his reputation when he got promoted after the podcast dropped. Oh, yeah, his professional reputation particularly. Right. So to me, that was going to be a very hard sell. Uh, and then on top of that, the fact that he was looking for a dollar per listener of the pod. In damages, so almost four million dollars in damages. I thought it was going to be a very tough sell, and so uh, when they came back after two hours in favor of Cabana and Punk, that didn't surprise me one bit. Now, I will say one thing: I heard that some of the jurors uh, afterwards were approaching Punk and Cabana and shaking their hand. Is that true? That's that's, weak.
0: that's, that's what was said, and okay. if so, that's that's iffy. That's I mean, as, as I mentioned off the air. I didn't want the person filming the interview with CM Punk to refer to him as CM Punk, my friend. I, I don't like that. Oh, because Steve did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only. Well, and he filmed vertically. Shout mm-hmm. out to you, Steve. But I don't like the palling up with people from a media perspective as, as best as I can. Right. I mean, there are people I interview. Obviously, that's sometimes that that happens. I mean, but we don't like. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. And jurors doing that? Yes, who are supposed to uphold the legal system? That's completely different than media ethics. That's like that's particularly egregious. Yeah, it's like they it's like they uh, they somehow were able to get a bunch of fans. Yeah, I hate I hate the the term marks, but yeah, kind of what it sounds like. There was you know as you mentioned, he didn't suffer professionally from this, and I thought Jeff brought up a good point. In order Mm -hmm. to do that. You would have had to have had like an active wrestler or a former wrestler who's not there anymore come in and say, yeah, we lost faith in him professionally after this. And and I think that, that was the,
2: his claim, right? Yeah, that, that was, was his claim, been, but there's no proof.
0: Yeah, that would have been a very slippery slope because no. then I think that does some real rough things for any potential concussion lawsuit that could arise later on. Because CM Punk, right after, as you all will see... Straight up said he was forced to wrestle with concussions. Yeah, which is he brutal. He said him. that. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but when you get promoted and you didn't suffer financially, professionally from that, that, that's a hard sell. Now, I'm sure and I know – 99% of wrestling fans had no clue who Chris Amon was. I covered wrestling full time at that point, and I barely knew who he was. Maybe had seen his name in passing once, mm-hmm. but I was well aware of who he was after that podcast. However, as the term "Mike Litterus" as as was introduced by CM Punk and Cole Cabana's attorney, what does the opinion of the Mike Litteruses of the world mean? Because they called Twitter an open window in a kitchen that anybody can scream into or out of. Mm-hmm. I thought that was as ridiculous as it sounds it was kind of important especially for us as podcasters too uh-huh. what we can say what we can't say things like that and punk was largely sharing his story and there were just man there was it was an uphill battle for amon straight out the gate when i, I went so. his when his attorneys were claiming that no lump on cm punk existed i was like man i don't even know how you could even pretend there wasn't. He was on a radio show in December of 2013 showing off the spot for the love and, and
2: all the video clips they showed, it was essentially on his ass. Yeah. So all the clips they showed of him in the ring, you're not going to see it. Yeah. Right? Because remember, they zoomed in on some of the match footage. You're not going to oh, see it. Oh, man. Right? So, after CM Punk did that podcast,
0: I was working for another outlet and the guy who ran the website posted the video WWE sent us and even he thought it was ridiculous. He was like, yeah, WWE sent us four minutes of ass shots. Right. Here you go. And right. they zoomed in on his ass repeatedly. And Punk had to clear that up and say it was about the star level of my, my trunks. Right. Now, when you're dealing with that area, you know, it is it is kind of an in-between type of thing. Like, it's, it's very close. And I'm sure that the thing grew to probably where he thought it was his back and his ass. Like, yeah, and probably very uncomfortable
2: sitting, I bet. Based yeah, on the location, and you know,
0: back bumping. Imagine oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Or taking hits into the turnbuckle. Yep. And for Chris Amon's attorney to pretend that that didn't exist when you have massage therapists and AJ Lee and texts from Zack Ryder who were who was concerned about it. All this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. man, that I think that did them in. Uh, the one situation in which I sympathized a bit for Chris Amon in was when they showed some of the tweets, and that was a handful of them. Those people probably didn't have a clue who he was uh-huh. before that, uh-huh. and their first impression of him is that he is a quack, essentially, but I don't know that that, that didn't necessarily affect him affect him professionally. It affect, affected him personally. Uh-huh. I'm sure it, his argument was essentially, this ruined Thanksgiving for me,
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and unfortunately, that's not that's, – that's, you can't win a lawsuit based off that. Have you heard anything about plans to appeal? I have not, but by the way that CM Punk and Cole Cabana made it sound, it didn't even sound like they wanted to recoup yeah. defense costs. They just want to walk. Yeah. They just want to walk. Speaking of, I mean, we can go right into it. Uh, CM Punk, here's our discussion with him after uh, that ruling.
4: Steven Milhausen here with CM Punk. And how do you feel, my friend?
3: I would never be able to describe it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm super happy. I'm relieved. Uh, I'm happy for Cole Kavanaugh, you know, my, my friend Scott, first and foremost, you know, um, I'm happy for me second, you know, I'll always protect my, my friends and my family before me.
4: I was watching you after it ended and they announced the verdict and it seemed like a million pounds was were lifted off of your shoulders and they, that's what it felt like to me. What did that Was that the...
3: Yeah, this has been, um, you know, in a word, I think it's been pretty frivolous and... Uh, I'm shocked it made it this far, but, you know, I, I was always confident because all I had to do was tell the truth, you know, and, and in the end, I, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful towards the jury for coming to the correct verdict, um, but, you know, still being in court nerve wracking, so the, the fact that this is all over, and I'm hoping it's all over. And I hope I never have to talk about it again and I never have to hear certain names and certain words and I don't have to relive me being forced to work through concussions anymore and hear people's testimony about it. I'm just happy it's a, it's a good day.
4: Happy, one of the happiest days of your life knowing that now this chapter of your life, the WWE life,
3: is officially over. I mean, if we can 100%... Without a doubt, say that. Yeah, this would be one of the happiest days of my life. But I, uh, I'll always be looking over my shoulder. I, think.
4: I know we're going to be talking in a few days for media day coming up yeah. on Thursday. But just real quick, how are you? Are you feeling fight-wise? You look in fantastic shape, so it feels like everything's going as planned right now as we head towards. I feel good and I look good. Yeah. You definitely look good. Uh,
3: Yeah, I, I'm not, <laughs> not trying to cut a promo or anything, but. Um, in a, I think in a weird way, this trial made me even more <laughs> ultra-focused on what I have to do on Saturday.
4: Congratulations. Congratulations. I'll see you
3: Thursday.
0: Thank you. So CM Punk, obviously, very relieved. And another thing, and I'll write about this in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly this Friday. There were questions about the friendship of Colt Cabana and CM Punk perhaps dissolving because of this. And I, I know that through the grapevine, Colt Cabana was... Very, very stressed about this because sure. he doesn't have four million dollars laying around, yeah. and maybe CM Punk does because CM Punk made the reference before. He's like, I can't remember if it was ten or twenty million dollars, and how people said, "You can't live off twenty million dollars the rest of your life." And he's like, "Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I can't live off of that." Mm-hmm. So, including and that was before the UFC deal, right before the UFC deal. So we don't know how much money is in there. He seemed very relieved. I was surprised to hear him say that it made him more focused on this week's UFC 225 fight. But if so, good for him, man. Yeah. Because I, I think he needs a win here, just almost for his legacy. A win over Mike Jackson really means nothing. But for his legacy as a performer, essentially, I think it's important that he picks up a an MMA win. I find myself
2: rooting for him just because he had to deal with this shit. Yeah. And and like Cabana's interview, um, I'll tell you something about about – Uh, uh, Scott Colton, Colt Cabana. He has never made a ton of money. He's made a living for himself. He's never made a ton of money. The legal fees alone probably were a hit for him financially. I remember years ago, do you remember when Daniel Bryan did the DVD with him? And it was right before Daniel Bryan was going to WWE. Do you remember that?
0: Wrestling Road Diaries. I actually interviewed Colt for the third edition of that. I think it was
2: about a year ago. Okay. So I bought that at the time uh, when it came out. And when I got it in the mail, the return address was... In written in pen, Scott Colton, like he he did mm-hmm. all that himself, yeah, and and that's how he's been able to eke out a living all these years. You know, he's really had to hustle. I have a lot of respect for him, and he said on his video, uh, he was thirty four when this started, and he suspected it was going to be a few years. Now he's thirty eight. Four years they've been dealing with this shit. Yeah, so I he's, I... he's a very versatile guy,
0: and I think that that increases longevity in wrestling because he's doing color commentary for Ring of Honor and he's awesome. He's right. one of the best color commentators in the world right now. He wrestles for them. Sometimes he still does a lot of stuff right. on the independent circuit, but he was really ahead of the curve in doing those wrestling road diaries <laughs> right. things that they, those are real, real good. And the podcasting man yep. was he, he was ahead of the curve with that too. And obviously the punk one, I, I mean, I personally listen to the punk podcasts I think three times just because they're interesting to listen to there. It's almost a part of wrestling history, those podcasts. And now I refer to, I think it's the week of Thanksgiving, the first week of December without fail every year across MMA or pro wrestling, some big interview drops. Mm -hmm. And for a couple of years in a row, it was actually John Jones after he fucked up. He would do his first interview then, but that, that really launched that in my estimation, those series of punk interviews, Mm -hmm. That week, it's just it's a prime time
2: for, for, for big interviews and big news that doesn't usually happen. But and I'll tell you something that, interesting. That punk interview, I'll always remember it because it dropped the day before my daughter was born. Oh, yeah? So there goes my phone. What yep. What there is going on? I forgot to mute it. I forgot to mute it. So that interview dropped the day before my daughter was born, and I actually listened to it in the hospital oh, wow. uh, while my wife was in labor because it was a long labor. Yeah. So I actually listened to it in the hospital, so I'll always remember that. Uh I want to ask you this now. So Punk, you know, he had to deal with this court case, he had to deal with cutting weight, he had to deal with training, he's got fight week this week. Saturday he's fighting Mike Jackson. Uh what's your prediction on that? Like, do you think I'd like to know how his training could have gone. Obviously, he's in a really good gym with Rufus Sport. Yes. But Three and a half um, years. how do you think uh he's gonna he's gonna do? I mean, obviously Mike Jackson has been around longer than he has. But it's not like he's exactly been crushing it as a professional either. So what do you think uh, is going to happen?
0: Yeah, there are so many question marks surrounding this. It was hard for us to predict it, but we, we did do predictions on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, myself and Showdown Joe. So the thing with CM Punk, he's 40 years old, Mike Jackson's 33. Is he 40 now, Punk? Yeah, he's 40. Shit. And there are very few. There are maybe, you can count on or one or two hands the number of 40-year-old fighters that are in the UFC right now. And you can definitely, I don't think there are any that don't have any UFC wins. Mm-hmm. Like, they they were in there well before. Mike Jackson's a lot younger, and one of the things that's kind of stuck in me that Mike Jackson said is, oh, he can't catch up to my level. And I was like, man, no offense to, to you, but you, you have no wins as a pro, you have four wins as a boxer, but the combined number of wins over those opponents is zero. None mm-hmm. of those fighters that ever won boxing matches. Meanwhile, CM Punk is training with Ben Askren mm-hmm. and Tyron Woodley, and the Pettis brothers, he's he's seeing people that are the absolute best in the world, mm-hmm. no pun intended. It without knowing, I mean, I've never really been able to see CM Punk's skill set. They don't allow cameras in there. Who's Josh really, training with? I I feel like I don't I don't know who he trains with. I'll, okay. I'll have to look. Um, okay, I think he fights out of Houston, but I don't really know who he trains with. I yeah. mean. And he he fought a Muay Thai bout last year and lost by a decision. He's got one amateur win. It was by a split decision, and that was six years ago.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And so Mickey I mean, Gall beat them both in a minute, right? Beat Basically. the
0: brakes off of both of them. I yeah. mean, Mickey Gall beat. Uh, I mean, CM Punk lasted longer against Mickey Gall than Jackson did. Jackson right. got beat forty five seconds. Right. It's well, it's it's too hard. I mean. I would like to see CM Punk win. I, I mean, would really like to see him win, too. Win for the site. Just,
2: just dealing with the shit he's been dealing with, just based on that alone, I'd like to see him win. So we'll see what happens. Let's so move there's on. no benefit for me professionally
0: if Mike Jackson
2: wins. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Let's move on. I want to talk about Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So isn't it ironic? So the guy retired eight years ago, WrestleMania 26. He's 52 years old now. He was asked repeatedly over the last several years to come back. Uh, they wanted to do a program with him and Daniel Bryan because he trained him. They want I think they asked him to be in the Greatest Royal Rumble. He's been asked several times about coming back. And he always said, once I said I'm retiring, I'm staying retired. I'm sticking to my word kind of thing. And all of a sudden, the bug bit him, Sean. Probably because he's been, he's been uh, helping into the Performance Center. Probably. So what
0: Triple H said in an interview that oh, we covered. He? Is that he didn't really have a passion for the business. Didn't want to move. Didn't want to do anything like that. And then... I published a report after the New Orleans takeover. He helped with that ladder match, no surprise. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And he does a lot of great work there. And I get rave reviews for his production work. Right. Like it's really good. Like he and Tyson Kidd get the most positive reviews of anybody's production work across the two uh, the two main roster in NXT. And Triple H said it's given him a passion for, for
2: the business again. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Well he did an interview with Sky Sports. Uh, he said he's open to returning for a one-off match he said it wouldn't be anything longer than that he gave names like Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles or maybe even Johnny Gargano which is interesting and here's a direct quote from the interview he said it could be possible but people would have to accept they wouldn't be getting the showstopper Mr. Wrestlemania and that I'm 52 years old now I mean if you see him he's still in great shape oh gosh I I bet you at Remember,
0: remember the Wrestlemania where Vince
2: (laughs) yeah with Austin yeah
0: Vince messed with him yeah. and he said he was like, Oh, everybody's gonna come out in their gear. Yeah you gotta look good. And Steve Austin come out, came out in a t shirt, yeah. and then he realized Mick Foley just shows up in what he, he wears anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Shawn Michaels came out shredded. Yeah. And he said he was taking in like twelve hundred to thirteen hundred calories a day <laughs> for that spot. <laughs> That is yeah. an all-time great rib for yeah. Mr. McMahon in my estimation. And I think he did that maybe to try to put the bug in back. it then. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, he's kept the – like physically he's kept it up. And he, yeah. and he and he looks great. And I bet you a 52 he can still go. I bet you. So, Give me a
0: hobbled Shawn Michaels. Yes. I think that's a hell of a story to tell. Yes. That he's not the showstopper anymore. That he's not the main event anymore. Right. Because you have AJ Styles begging him on WWE programming, table for three, to work with him. right? And I want to say, man, big ups to AJ Styles for when he tried to make it happen. Right. Because he was brand new to WWE, essentially. He hadn't been there very long. And he was just like, can we get him? How about you all pay to get him? Mm-hmm. How, about, how about we do that? I think that's ballsy on a AJ Styles' part to be able to say, hey, Vince, shell out some money. Go get this guy. I want to wrestle him. I want to see... Daniel Bryan, and Shawn Michaels happen. I don't care how old Dan- Shawn Michaels is. I know a lot of people have issues with it, but considering the fact that we're seeing a big cast
2: push, mm-hmm. I don't care. I agree. I agree. And, uh, and then like I said, I still think Shawn can go. I mean, you look at Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat was older than 52, correct, when he came back? Let me look real quick. But yeah, he was. He came back and he surprised. He did so
0: well that they put him on some house shows. Yeah, he was great. And he rest. He wrestled a follow-up. Yeah, yep. he was 55. 55. 55. And not only that, when Ricky Steamboat retired, he re- well, Shawn Michaels retired briefly because of a – or not briefly, for four years because of a back injury. Yep. But Rick Ricky Steamboat was out of the ring for 15 years mm-hmm. at that point, point. Yep. and he was forced out of the ring. Yep. Shawn Michaels just left. Yep, yep. I mean, Steamboat could even still skin the cat when he came back. That was so cool. So, I love. I thought that was great. Have you ever read Jericho's book where he talks about that? Been a while. I might have it one. That point. was that was good stuff, man. I'm okay with seeing a Shawn Michaels and what, you know. I hope he he would even work
2: like one NXT match with the talent that he finds special there. And I was thinking that might be what he wants to do is wrestle in that NXT. Cool. But you know that Vince is going to want him on a big WWE show.
0: Of course, so. of course. I I want to see it. I think that he understands. I mean, Ric Flair came back. I mean it. It is a shame that TNA has Ric Flair's last match, but that's not the situation we're in. Shawn Michaels isn't chasing a payday. Mm -hmm. WWE will never allow him to go broke, save some ridiculous situation. Mm -hmm. I want to see Shawn Michaels because it's a ready made story, and that's important to wrestling to me.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be a good matchup. I want to read you a quote. Uh, Moving on, I want to read you a quote from an interview that Triple H did with Sports Illustrated. Uh, and this quote is regarding the state of WWE, especially since they announced the uh, the rights fees contract status and all that kind of thing. Here's a quote from uh, Triple H. Vince has it ingrained in this company that we never rest on our laurels. That mentality of we're the best and no one is going to touch us is the kind of arrogance that leads to your demise. Now, the reason that I uh, wrote that quote down is because it seems like WWE's been stagnant since before WrestleMania, and I know that we talked on this show about, okay, uh, they're in cruise control until the Greatest Royal Rumble. Then they're in cruise control until Backlash. Now we're going into Money in the Bank, and they still have not really put together any major stories for their top guys. Their top guys are kind of treading water. Uh, SmackDown's been better lately because Shinsuke Nakamura is awesome, but on Raw, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, this week, Raw did 2.52 million viewers with no major competition on television, aside from a hockey game on NBC that did 5 million viewers. Um, the, one of the lowest non-holiday, non-sports competition numbers ever on the USA Network. And I guess the question is, is that because WWE is stagnant, or is that an indication of viewer habits because Raw was still number two on cable for the night in the 18-49 to 49 demo? despite doing that number.
0: I think it's, I think it is very indicative of how stagnant they are. And you better believe when I saw that quote in the interview, I said, I know what my headline is going to be for this one. (laughs) (laughs) To which, to which Triple H says that Vince McMahon will allow WWE to rest on its laurels. To which Pat McAfee, who does the pre-shows for NXT now replied to me and said, I heard him say Yannis. And I was like, you son of a (laughs) bitch. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well I think it is stagnant and I have I've mentioned this. I think it was on a Fightful Select podcast. I think the WWE has a real option with the money that they're making in on these new T V deals to almost go a nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty eight route of where they can leave the fans happy. They're they're getting their money. Mm-hmm. So why not focus on creatively satisfying the viewer and putting asses in seats? Mm-hmm. You've got money that's going to last you a real long time now and they're going to have to shit the bed really bad or tv's going to have to fall really hard for them to get less money on their next deal it could happen and they got five years i doubt it they yeah. got five years yeah they got five years that's a lot of time to work
2: Yep. Yeah. i mean look, I at, the, look really... at the two years right we we said two years ago no one would have thought they'd do better than ufc on a deal and yeah. in two years it did a switch so they could be four years into the new deal and then decide in that fourth year to get their shit together and they could really have a, a, a good solid fifth year and then get a big contract again. And, it can happen that fast.
0: And I hope it doesn't happen because, I mean, we've seen some glimpses of brilliance from WWE. The Nexus intro, they had a bunch of people who would be eventual mid-carders and jobbers and they made a great intro based on that. The CM Punk stuff was an awesome, an awesome angle they ha- I thought 2013 I thought in ring WWE was on fire with the shield and a lot of the stuff that they did there every couple of years they do something that gives you optimism but then they'll do something like run a 60,000 seat house show in Saudi Arabia with a match that doesn't mean anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just get a little creative that's all you have to do Fa- fans want to be respected they want their intelligence respected mm-hmm. they want things to matter the Constable Corbin thing, I like. I you think like that's that? something yeah. – I think it's different. It's a way for him to, like, stir up some shit and maybe kick up something that, that, that might give somebody a reason to complain, might give somebody a
2: reason to want to fight somebody. I, I'm into that. There were a couple things from TV this week that reminded me of the past in a positive way. Uh, the first one was when Big Cass did the interview with Renee Young, and he was in the arena but not in the ring. Yeah. And they did that for years. On the platform, remember? And that's yes. when like Ted DiBiase had little kids dribbling the basketball and stuff. They used to do that stuff on the platform and I like yeah. that. Uh, the other thing I liked was when uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's contract signing wasn't in the ring. I loved it. And it and was it, a live shot too. Yeah, and do you remember like Andre Hogan, right? Yeah. Like they did it in the back initially and, uh, and I, I, I like that. It gives it more of a almost realistic feel to a degree. I don't know, that's not in the ring. And in the ring you're just expecting a table flip and all that shit.
0: Yeah, I thought for sure that was a pre-tape because of the challenges of Nakamura speaking English sometime, but it was a live shot on the production script. So it mm-hmm. was right back there. And I love the Dean Malenko, Adam Pierce cameos mm-hmm. in that as well. Mm-hmm. Nakamura is so good. It was great. It's great. Love him. This pin is broken.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. He's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. So I want to ask you this, and, and my buddy Crazy K, who you've met. Yeah. He, actually, he actually threw this one into my head because I was telling him this next piece of news and he threw this into my head you know how Michael Cole, everybody's favorite Michael Cole, every week on Raw does the whole uh, you know longest running, weekly, episodic blah blah bullshit yeah. bullshit right how would you feel Sean if say by the end of next year potentially we have to listen to Michael Cole every week say <laughs> Emmy award winning how would that make you feel if you had to listen to that every week I think it would be better than longest-running weekly
0: episodic because I, I will tell you that Fightful has the longest-running live post-Smackdown video show of any wrestling
2: website. Do you think he would still say that but add Emmy Award winning to it?
0: Oh, God damn, I hope not. Which you might. So let me, Are they let me nominated tell people, for an Emmy?
2: Uh, no, nope, but I'm going to tell people what's going on. So we're doing this on June 6th tonight. And it's going to be streamed online, Sean, so maybe you guys can do something for FIFA. Okay. Tonight, June 6th, WWE is hosting an FYC event. Do you know what FYC means in this case? For Your Consideration. Oh. They are doing a For Your Consideration event at the Wolf Theater in North Hollywood, California. And they are doing it for active members of the Television Academy. And it's going to be streaming live of all places... At 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Emmys.com, Ooh. if you can fucking believe it, uh, the WWE panel is going to include Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Shawn Michaels, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, and the Bellas, among others. And they're doing it because they want to be considered for an Emmy Award. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Can you believe should, that? I mean, they want to be considered for an Emmy I Award. I want to be now. considered for an Emmy Award, yeah. Jimmy.
0: <laughs> I want to. Legally, uh, like, do they do online Emmys now? Like, legally, can you be up for that? They should. Yeah, I don't know. They should. Who is it? There's somebody that I know that won an Emmy. Well, I mean, I know a friend locally. I think, I think, I think Chris, Chris Van Vliet Chris, did. Chris Van Vliet. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the shit. He's awesome. He's great. Chris Van Vliet rules. Yeah. Um, hey, before this week, he and Fightful were literally the only two people who dabble in wrestling journalism that even interviewed him for the last several years. So the fact that he was able to do that speaks volumes. People just like him, but... WWE ain't, ain't quite exactly Chris Van Vleet. <laughs> but what do you what do you
2: think it says for the uh what the WWE strategy moving forward when they want so badly to be considered mainstream because this has a lot to do with that. They want so badly to be considered mainstream that now they're going to push for an Emmy award. Because here's the thing, I realized wrestling is entertainment. We all know this, right? Wrestling is entertainment. Yeah. But I've always said that and maybe you agree or disagree. I think wrestling's at, at its best when you're able to blur that line. Yeah. Right? And when you're able to, to watch the show and think, you know, oh, you know, there's a shoot in there somewhere kind of thing. When you're able to blur the line is when it's good. Uh, and now if they're going to go even further into acknowledgement, I guess, of the entertainment aspect by going for an Emmy Award. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think Vince's dad would be rolling over in his grave, honestly. Bold prediction. Category they will not
0: win. Outstanding technical direction. Camera work, video control for a series. For sure. That ain't WWE. What <laughs> that would they be up WWE.
2: for? Like, what category? Because I don't know the categories. Well, there, there's category?
0: a lot. I'm looking at them right now. You got, okay. like, well, they ain't winning Outstanding Makeup. <laughs> Uh, they could win some like cinematography stuff. Like, but they probably want like stuff. outstanding show or something, right? Whatever, whatever. Well, be, uh, maybe, but like if they stopped with some of the stupid shit that they did, they yeah. might be able to win some of the like live directing and things, maybe things like that. I mean, it's all political bullshit anyway. Hey, get Bianca Belair on the main roster. He'll win outstanding hairstyling for a uh, for uh, like a limited series or whatever the hell thing it is. Well, hey, yeah. give. Get Renee Young on a reality show as a host, and she'll win Outstanding Host for a reality. Or re- You could you could argue that WWE is a reality program. They could do that. I'm sure they would. They'd love to do that. Yeah. But I think Renee Young could win an Emmy. Yeah, I think she could. She'd, she
2: would deserve it. I think Renee Young could do virtually, win an Emmy wherever the hell she worked. The fact that she had to stand next to Cass, because as much as I liked the, uh, the idea of the Outside the Ring promo, I hated the fact that Cass, and it's not his fault because he's just, he's just following orders. He had to spend the entire promo making fun of everybody's height. And, you know, oh, Daniel Bryan's the little guy. and Oh, it's so agitating. It's like you're not good just because you're tall. Being tall doesn't make you good.
0: I think that's you know? the gimmick, too. Is that, it Is, is it that is. he thinks he is, but he's not. I think his words would have been a lot more this week had he not been beaten on pay-per-view in seven minutes by Daniel Bryan. Right, right. And that it, promo the that Daniel stupid. Bryan cut on him after the show was great. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. All right, let's move on to Stupid People.
3: This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong.
2: Okay, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. Uh, Sean, you might want to check out the video of this first one. I know there's Ooh. a delay on your side. Yeah, you there might, is. You might have seen this one before, so we'll put it up in a second. So this was reported by the Associated Press on June 3rd. Oh, and let me say again, uh, after the podcast is over, go to fightfulselect.com for Stupid People Extended. So this first one, an off-duty FBI agent and um, oh the, god, I've seen you this. saw this one. Yes, yeah, Melissa, bad. you can put the video up whenever Mom, you want because I can talk it's over it. Dip shit, and I, <laughs> that's why it's on Stupid People. Yeah. An off-duty FBI agent dancing at a nightclub in Denver, Colorado, accidentally discharged his gun and shot another patron in the leg. The agent did a backflip that made the gun fall out of his pants, and when he went to pick it up, oh. he accidentally made it go off. I think he's got a hair trigger. There's a news reporter for 9 News Denver named Ryan Har- or, or Harer. Uh, he posted the video of this on Twitter.
1: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
2: Guy had a loaded gun in his back pocket at a club. Dip shit. Yeah, that's really, really odd. He's really getting odd. his ass sued yeah. so oh.
0: hard and he's going loo- to <laughs> loot. He'll settle. He won't even make it. No, they'll settle. It looked like he was about to bounce off the ropes and hit a knee drop a la rope dog. Because <laughs> those were some shitty dance moves and the backflip. Not that
2: impressive, coming from a guy who can't do one. Um, and after the, sh- the gun went off, he kind of, he was almost nonchalant about it, you know?
0: <laughs> Aaron Hyden, one of our columnists, says, The gun went off, and only, like, two people in the circle walked away. Yeah. It was the club in fucking Beirut.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't sum it up any better than that.
2: No. Nobody was phased, even. No, no, who knows? Dad, I- I shouldn't say it, but Colorado's had their challenges. Maybe who knows? This next one—that's all I'm going to say, Nigel. That's
1: all I'm going <laughs> nice to say, Nigel. Hi
2: there. This next one was reported by the Associated Press on May 31st. So there's my agent calling me because I just sold my house. So this was reported by the Associated Press on May 31st. A 24-year-old man named Ryan James Barr, out of Moundsville, West Virginia, is in custody on $50,000 bond with the charge of child neglect, creating risk of injury. After he put his two young kids in a dryer, shut the door, turned them on, and then took videos of them and put them on Snapchat. Can you believe that? That was ridiculous. He claimed he put his daughter in there because she was always climbing in and he wanted to teach her a lesson. And he...
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's
2: what he said. And he claimed he put his son in there. You're going to learn today. He claimed he put his son in there to teach him not to be scared.
1: (laughs) By putting the fear of God in him? Oh, my God.
2: Now, Sean, let me tell you something. And, and I'm going to say this because I know Sean's going to agree with me on this. And I know you're an animal fan. You're going to agree. I don't know if Nigel's an animal fan or not. But oh, you, you're going to agree with me. You know, sometimes in the winter, uh, especially Toronto gets cold. And there are times in the winter, and I'll be walking down the sidewalk. And I see, especially on Yonge Street in Toronto, a dog tied up outside of a coffee shop. Like in the, in the dead of winter, shivering while the owner's sitting inside having hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And there have been times that I see that and I think to myself, I want to wait for this monkey to come out. <laughs> and then I'm going to take the leash off the dog and I put it on them and, and let them sit out there in the cold for a while. When I hear stories like this one, Sean, I would love to take that jackass, throw him in the dryer and let him deal with that. for. Can you imagine how terrified a little kid would be Oh yeah. going in a how dryer like they? that? They didn't say the ages in the story. That's miserable. Yeah, what a That's piece mis- of shit. What a piece of shit. So he can he can rot. We, sh- we should do one piece of shit of the week. Piece of shit of the
0: week.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We I should switch look it up sometime. Line.
2: We could probably do something. Yeah. Maybe we could use the uh, the Happy Gilmore <laughs> clip on that. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> pieces
1: of shit for yeah. breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, this last one. This is for the SRS file. Yeah. Reported by the UK Metro on June 2nd. There's a new fashion trend, Sean. Another is one. It, is it going to
0: ProWrestlingTees.com slash fightful to get beautiful, butter soft, uh, but not butter soft, <laughs> geese soft, <laughs> fightful t shirts? Because there, it should be. That's a geese soft t shirt. Yeah, it's no. a soft. Doesn't that mean it would I run would like right to get off, off? a white of you. one up there. You we know. need to get like a, a white fightful shirt with black
2: lettering up we could, there. We could probably to hook that before, up for the summer, man. There you go. We could look it up. So back to the fashion trend. Uh, There is a clothing brand out of China called GU Company Limited, and they have created a new fashion trend, and Melissa's going to put the picture up. This is a penis pocket. Ooh! It is a pocket that is uh, placed directly over the penis area of pants. It's done in Mm -hmm. a contrasting color so that they can draw your eyes to it, so they do it in a contrasting color, and it actually functions as a real pocket so long as the pants are zipped up and buttoned up.
0: No, they're Not new, not new. That's not that's new? A cock, that's a cock sock.
2: That's what that is.
0: <laughs> not new. Behind the trend. Those existed before? No, but it rhymed, so I, I went ahead and said it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I watch, I, sometimes when I'm working, I'll, I'll put some, something on for background noise. I watch uh, Naked and Afraid <laughs> on Discovery. It's where they drop two people butt ass naked essentially out in the jungle or the desert or some shit and they've got to survive for 21 days naked yeah really sometimes they build clothes but a lot of times they don't but yeah they get they get bug bites everywhere that's the only
2: practical use i can see for that I mean, the pants in general would be practical in that case. Yeah, I mean, for the, the cock sock, or what is it called? Uh, the penis pocket. But I, in that case, I'd probably like <laughs> rip the penis pocket off see if the girl needs it some some capacity, you know?
0: Yeah, well, in some
2: capacity. <laughs> yeah, once, that's, just, that's just dumb. It, is it ain't going to catch on. It's not going to work. Well, there you go. And, and once again, go to FIFO Select after this for uh, some people extended. So let's move on. This Saturday, New Japan Dominion. Yeah. soccer uh, Osaka, programming- Japan.
0: Programming note for that, guys, I do have our predictions up on YouTube. They will run on Fightful tonight. They were on SmackDown Live post-show last night. But the Fightful Select Weekender podcast this weekend will be a free preview because I'm going to uh, review Dominion on that show probably Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening before UFC once I get a chance to take in that New Japan show. But uh, every week I review 205, Ring of Honor, NXT. You get the drill. Everything non-RAW and SmackDown on that show.
2: So let's talk about the major matches. So uh, it's taken place in Osaka, Japan. The major matches: uh Kenny Omega versus Okada for the IWGP title. Chris Jericho versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Rey Mysterio is on the show. Jushin Thunder Liger, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. Do you think that Jericho, his second major match or second ever match in, in, back in Japan this run, do you think he's going to lose again? Or do you think he's going to no. win the title?
0: I want to preface this by saying this is all speculation on my behalf. I don't really have an in with a lot of New Japan people. but So this is all just predictions. Jeff mentioned that he that Jericho's thing is he talks all this shit and loses, but I could see him winning and then dropping the title in San Francisco if they want to make it special mm-hmm. because their tickets aren't moving
2: that well for San Francisco. so mm, That would help for sure. And not only that, but I, I realize Jericho's mystique now is that you know he can lose and stay over. But yep. at the same time, if he lost again and came back a third time, by that point you need to win, you know what I mean? Exactly. So so if he if he does lose this match and, and goes back a third time, he's got to win because it's gonna, you know, lose its appeal after a while. Yeah, so, I, I agree. He he's gotta pick up a win. He's gotta back up some of the shit that he talks. Right, for sure. Now this next one, I got the perfect guy in the room for this one, Nigel, the political guy. Perfect Ooh. guy for this one. Uh Melissa, put up that photo of the barbecue. So uh, there's a picture that I'm putting up for a video of viewers. It is of a Muslim man on a barbecue spit. And he has a, a, a copy of the, uh, the, what is it called? Holy the Quran. Quran, which is the, essentially the Islamic Bible. It's burning under him in the picture. Uh, and oh, the, boy. Did you see this one? Yeah. Okay, so let me tell the story. So the woman that posted that, she goes by the name Amy Meck on social media. Uh, she, uh, she self-professed pro-Jewish, pro-Christian, pro-Donald Trump. Uh, she's been accused of being anti-Muslim. She claims that she's not. She's anti-radical Islam is what she claims. The reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, a guy by the name of Luke O'Brien from the Huffington Post, he revealed her identity. I learned a new word, Nigel. Was Do- it dox? Doxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had you ever heard that before, Sean? No, doxing. Really? D O X X I N G. Oh okay. yeah, 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 I have heard. Okay, that. So I had never heard doc. of. No doxing. Yeah, I've heard of doxing. Yeah, I had never heard of doxing. So doxing means that they basically reveal your identity. That was a new one on me. And uh, so he revealed her identity to be Amy Jane Meckleberg, And this is wrestling related because her husband was a WWE executive by the name of Sal Sino. He was the VP of Global Content Distribution and Business Development for WWE. Uh, and based on her actions on social media he was fired by wwe and so i wanted to ask nigel what are your thoughts on um this uh seemingly innocent man being fired from his job by wwe based on the actions of his wife on social media
4: jeez that's a tough one because like you we're, we like people are used to seeing people getting fired for things that they've done yes. now but it's it's like the the one step removed i think it's it's kind of a dangerous precedent, but I also think it has more to do with the company probably wanting to distance themselves from any sort of PR nightmare than it is about anything else. Companies just reflexively are like, "Nope, I'm not going to deal with it."
2: So here's how I look at it: if if WWE was not a public company, if they were not, if they did not have shareholders to answer to, if they were not looking to sign new rights fees deals mm-hmm. to the tune of whatever it is, what is it? One point, whatever billion a year, whatever. Yeah. Uh, If not for all of that, I don't think this uh, decision would have been made, but I think under the circumstances they almost had to do it. If it was my company, which is a small company, not public, and if Nigel's girlfriend was posting pictures of a Muslim man on a barbecue spit, I would say, uh, Nigel, uh, just make sure that you don't post pictures. Of a Muslim yeah. man on a barbecue spit, and you're cool, and that's basically the way that I would look at it. But I, I, it's not surprising me that the WWE did it. But when I heard about it, I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting. Any, situation. any, anything I post on social media now, I
0: think in my mind, how will this look when my wife, who wants to be a teacher, if her employers start to look into that, how mm-hmm. will that look? So I gotta keep that in mind. However. And this is a touchy subject because some of the stuff that she posted is pretty rough, pretty bad. And it's they don't true. want
2: to be associated with that at all and and now she's trying to she's trying to present herself as the victim now because yes, she is. because she's going after this Luke O'Brien guy now trying to get him fired. Yeah. You know. So uh but whatever, it it came up. I thought it was interesting and uh there's kind of a somewhat kind of sort of related story, kind of sort of Uh, And this is another one that I I, I love Nigel's opinion on stuff like this, man. So, the UK's independent publication reported on June 1st that Al-Qaeda, and anybody that's not familiar, Al-Qaeda is the radical Islamic (laughs) group that was founded by Osama Bin Laden. So, Al-Qaeda has warned the Saudi Arabian Prince Mohammed via a statement that WWE's greatest royal rebel event was sinful, and uh, here's a quote from the statement that they, that they sent to Prince Muhammad. Disbelieving wrestlers exposed their privates, and on most of them was the sign of the cross in front of a mixed gathering of young Muslim men and women. So obviously the real problem is that Al-Qaeda didn't like the fact that the prince is uh, trying to expose Muslims to Western influence and more progressive entertainment events. And that's their
0: privates!
2: Yeah, I mean, really, right? There were no dicks flopping around at the Griswold Rumble, <laughs> um, but that's, true. That, that's although New Day did ask
0: Miz to help them reveal their member to the universe mm. this week on SmackDown, which I thought was hilarious.
2: Good thing they didn't do it in Saudi Arabia, I guess. Yeah, but but anyway, that's the real issue that Al Qaeda has with it. My question is, do you think, and this is for Sean, I guess, as the wrestling guy, do you think that this is going to impact the future of WWE shows there because they signed a 10-year deal? This is only the first show of a 10-year deal, and it looks like it's a 20-show deal over 10 years. So do you think that's going to impact uh, future shows?
0: At this point, I would be very surprised if that 10-year deal ends up Seeing the end, hopefully socially everything progresses in the world to where we don't have to worry about shit like this, mm-hmm. and where they don't have to worry about shit like this. Over here, it just seems so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm reviewing shows on Fightful Select, like the Backlash show, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh wow, China used to wrestle with her ass cheeks hanging out. Yes. And literally, Road Dogg refused to leave the ring. He said, oh, hold on, Billy. Hold on, Billy. Before you go, you got to show him that ass. Yep.
2: And I'm, what? What did Road Dogg used to do before the pump handle slam? Well, he, quite frankly, he fucked somebody. Yes. And that was part of his regular skill set in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like, they've come a long way since then. But obviously, when you're talking about that culture, can you imagine Attitude Era wrestling in that culture, Sean? Could you imagine Bailey doing that to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably get her over better. <laughs> it might. But, uh, <laughs> it might as she went the complete opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I don't know. I, I, you hear things like that, and it does, it does kind of make you wonder, uh, could it be uh, a security risk down the road for them?
0: But, yeah, I hope not. I mean, I had my fair share of issues with the Saudi Arabia thing because women couldn't wrestle on the show, and mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But...
2: Uh, not everybody's going to share my culture. so. All right, let's move on to the next one. So PW Insider reported that Madison Square Garden is actually unhappy with WWE because lately they've been running most of their New York area shows at Barclays Center, which is true. They've been doing most of them. Yeah. I'm sure it's much more cost-effective for them. Uh, and now as a result of this, MSG has actually waived their longstanding exclusivity, and they've booked a date with AAA for September. I know that Dave Meltzer said that he's not sure the show will actually happen. Uh, it's a pretty damn big venue for Triple A, uh and expensive, but the, MSG has set that date aside for them in September. Now, this comes right on the heels literally the next day after WWE announced that they're going to have The Undertaker on their next uh, show at MSG on July 7. Against so, the Cow Palace show at New Japan, by the way.
0: Oh, is it July 7? Same day. Oh, oh, okay. oh and UFC 226 International Fight Week, Chick. Oh, Cormier. no, that's the same day? All three,
2: same day. Oh, man. R.I.P. in peace. I'm wa- I'm watching the Cormier fight that night. Oh, I am, too. That's yeah, a big yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, But uh But anyway, that's what's going on. What do you think? Do you think that this is just, uh, you know, MSG just trying to pull their weight around? Or do you think it's... I just... I don't see how A can afford to run that venue. They're not going to sell so, it So,
0: again, this is speculation. I'm trying to find out. But there have been some stuff that... that Pat Fannin has realized he's like you know there's a lot of guys working there's a couple of guys that are working AAA and CMLL at the same time right now and that doesn't usually happen so there's some speculation what if those two could run a show together hmm. what that means in New York yeah I have no idea are they going to get twenty thousand Mexicans at Madison Square Garden well I mean do you remember when Worlds collide yes that, that was in that, California L A no? though yes, yeah, was in L yeah, yeah. A though a different market so, yeah a little different yeah. Uh, So if if you all want to hear like basically a uh, a brief history of Barclays and MSG and – honestly, some people in New York have loyalty to Barclays for helping improve that area of the city. Mm -hmm. Demon Diva, who was on a members-only podcast – you all can see it on Fightful Select – really goes into detail on that and stuff that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. This lends a little more credibility to the all-in MSG rumors that I had heard because I thought they were blowing smoke up everybody's ass. Cause I was like, "Why? How could they do that?" Well, it's an obviously, venue, man. it is, and that's why WWE doesn't want to run there. Of yeah, course, yeah. why would they? However, they kept pretty loyal to their their uh, December twenty sixth show yeah. being there. If you want WWE to come there. Don't make it can't be as expensive. Yes, it's got to be in a better area. It's got to be in all that stuff. All you gotta do is cut a deal. Yep, agreed. I'll I'll ask David Bixenspan to expand on this a little bit because I, you know, he's he's used to that area, and of course, Carlos. But man, you got to make. You've made it hard. WWE won't even run TV there, and I used to love watching WWE TV from there because it was configured different. How they had the entrance in the back, mm-hmm. yeah, I
2: loved that.
0: Yeah, it was different. It was different. It gave it gave a different vibe to it. It made me feel like it was special. And WWE is
2: going to run the, the nicer, cheaper place that accommodates their fans better. You know, I I was at MSG shortly after the renovation because you know they did a I think it was like a billion dollar renovation at MSG, and I was there shortly thereafter, and a couple of things that I noticed that told me that MSG still valued WWE, the first thing was they had uh, some artwork on the wall that was wrestling related. The yep. second thing was they ran a video um, before, It was I was there for a hockey game, they ran a video before the game started that was kind of talking about the history of MSG and all that. Part of the video showed Roddy Piper walking on the floor of the arena looking up when the renovation had, had, had been completed. Yeah, uh, and getting his reaction to seeing the renovation that they did, and I saw that thinking to myself, they clearly still value the partnership yes. that they threw all that stuff in. So I can understand that them seeing WWE run, you know, sometimes three nights in a row, four nights in a row uh, at Barclays Center. I'm sure that, that that they're not crazy about that. But again, it's so much more cost effective for WWE, and that's the only reason they do it. That's the only a couple reason. of things on my wrestling bucket
0: list that unfortunately I didn't get to go see a PWG show at the. The hall that they they ran for a while, the one that helped make their name. But I've always wanted to see a December twenty sixth Madison Square Garden WWE house show, just because. Ever since I can remember, they've done that, and I've always wanted. They they've made it seem a little cooler, a little more special. I can't believe they never run like a network special from there on that. Like, do you want to that. set a new I mean, traffic target for Fightful, and if you hit it, I'll send you that show. I don't even look at the traffic anymore. Who is who is that? <laughs>
2: That, that was melissa, melissa. that was melissa. what'd she say uh <laughs> I, I think she said whoa whoa yeah well let me let me ask you what you think of this one because i thought that was, this was very interesting so wwe created a website called wwe where they are I, I now
0: link to a friend who wants to try out today
2: really so yeah. it's funny you say that because I was going to mention this. So they're actively looking to recruit new talent online for the performance center through this website. What I was going to say to you is, can you imagine some of the monkeys that applied to <laughs> the site? Because you remember when they would have the uh, the tough enough uh, tryout shows. Yeah, and you would have you know some guy that was 110 pounds and five foot one because he was a wrestling fan with the, with a belt on his shoulder, thinking I'm going to be the next WWE superstar. And I'm not knocking these guys because they have a passion for wrestling and that's cool, but you know, in, in terms of reality, no chance to, to be yeah. a talent in the company, but you know there's gonna be a ton that are applying through that thing. I'd like to know the in our business we call it the conversion rate, Sean. In yeah. my business. I'd like to know the conversion rate of applicants to uh, recruits on that new website.
0: So I passed it along to a guy named Adrian Thomas who is an Indie wrestler. He was an M M A fighter, still does a lot of training in if you look at him, you're like, okay, that's the type of guy that WWE would want. You all can follow him, ADRE underscore OTM on Twitter. A quick shout-out for him. But I was like, not a lot of people would I think, I'll pass this along to right. But I look at him, and I'm like, okay, you're the type of guy that if WWE just glanced at you, right. they'd be like, all right, maybe we'll bring you in for a tryout type of thing. Oh, by the way, he's he's done some stuff with Reality of Wrestling, I believe, and... So, I mean, he's I'm sure he's got a good ear, but that's the type of person that I would recommend do that to, but you're going to have a lot of people. I remember when I was at the Arnold Classic, and they, they promoted public tryouts. They weren't open tryouts. They were public tryouts. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this guy in a – it's not a cowboy hat, but it was similar to a cowboy hat in a long – overcoat and he was a big fella (laughs) and i don't mean that by him being tall Uh uh-huh and he was mad and he was calling wwe out in the middle of this crowd i thought this was open tryouts i thought it was open tryouts and then you see what they go through just for show and it's like buddy you just need to go home now you want to do me a favor sure are you dying again yeah yeah, I'm under the weather, Sean. See, you have me. I've got this cough that I have all the time, and now I'm like, Kara, I got to get a
2: checkup. Give me two, Nigel. Sure. Yeah, thanks. You're yeah. just doing this on the air. You're Walter Whiting me again. No, I. You know what? I I felt it coming on yesterday, and uh, I, I you can probably hear it in my voice today. And uh, my uh, my son had croup. My wife was sick from going to the zoo, and I think Damn. I got it. I think I got it from them. So I'm trying my best to fight it off. So.
0: But, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of people who aren't like an Adrian Thomas that are going to just apply because, okay, I don't know if you've ever seen it on some of the messages we get on Fightful. There have been a few times where people will be like, put me in touch with Daniel Bryan. And I'm like, "Really? that's not what we do, guy. Melissa, have you seen those? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if you open up our You're Facebook the thing, there's, there's a lot of people from uh, – other continents i'll say that are like how do i become wwe superstar and i'm like really Really? now i got a link to send them yeah (laughs) very good (laughs) very good very good
2: get that engagement up on facebook i gotta put up this (laughs) next photo this is the uh undercover boss one melissa gotta put this one up now do you remember sean when wwe had the prank special on their network Yes. Uh and one of the episodes had Vince McMahon in disguise at the front desk. <laughs> yeah. And it was very clear that unless you're an idiot, you would know damn well that's Vince McMahon. And I would kind of question it was one thing when he was playing with say like a like a Pure Later guy, FedEx guy or something. That's one thing. But when they when they would have WWE employees coming in and out, I would think to myself, This has got to be set up. How do they not know that's Vince McMahon? Mm-hmm. Right. So is the photo up? Mm hmm. So that photo that you see is of Stephanie McMahon. She's going to be on Celebrity Undercover Boss. Uh, Her episode airs next Friday, June 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. My question, again, is if you work for WWE, how do you not know that that's Stephanie McMahon? Anybody on that show that doesn't know that's Stephanie McMahon and you work for the company, you're either a complete fucking moron. Uh, You know, that's one of my favorite words, Sean. You're smiling. You're either a complete fucking moron or it's staged. Because how do you not know that's Stephanie McMahon?
0: I just want to tell you, those of you who were duped by Stephanie McMahon, <laughs> I'm excited for you to join me in Toronto when Jimmy Van flies <laughs> us all in for the Blue Jays game. Uh, Come on an empty stomach, I'll tell yes. you that much. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But how do you not know that Stephanie? You gotta be Sean? a fool to fall for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Come on. If I were if I were her and I duped somebody, I would have to have a serious conversation with them about their awareness. You
2: know what I I would honestly do? So you know at the end of that show, they sit down with them, right? One-on-one. And then they do the big sob story and then they give them like money and a car and stuff. If that was me, I would sit down with them and I would say, I'm on television every week. Uh, I'm one of the most recognizable people in the company. You didn't know who I was because I was wearing a (laughs) wig. You're fired. That's and probably then would, how I would end the then episode. And she would
0: say, "And that's exactly how I act on TV every single week." Right? Yeah. <laughs> she does. Right.
2: Exactly. Except she didn't slap him across the face. But
0: uh, somebody, somebody from Swerved is suing Titus O'Neil for like kicking them. I heard about that because it was the way he reacted, right, or something. Yeah, I think he. I, like, can't remember exactly what happened. I think uh-huh. he stands a much better case than Doctor Chris Amon did. Yes. Who unsuccessfully tried to sue Colt Cabana. Here's our conversation with Colt Cabana right after the ruling. Melissa was scrambling on that one.
1: (laughs)
4: I've been here the whole time and me and you talked about 40 minutes ago and I asked how you're feeling before the verdict and you're like, ask me in 20 minutes. 40 minutes later, how do you feel?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I I was confident throughout this whole thing, but it's just, you know, my lawyer told me very early, like, you just never know. You know a jury can be feeling this way one day or whatever so you just never know so but at the end of the day the jury came to the right decision the decision that we all kind of felt was obvious but again um i feel great it's just all finally hopefully all done i can get this out of my life i can move forward and just uh you know i, I don't have a lot of negativity in my life and this was bringing some unwanted stress so i'm just glad that that's kind of removed now
4: hopefully what is this last almost three and a half years, what has this been like for you? Yeah, the worst. <laughs> I
5: mean, it's the worst. Uh, it's just always on your mind. It's all You're always thinking about it. Even when you, you're allowed to not think about it, it creeps back in. And so um, it's, it's upsetting that it, the system takes so long, but it's just the reality of it. You have to deal with it. And I just remember being like 34 when it happened and being like, I'm gonna be 38. Like it's so long when this is gonna finally be wrapped up and here we are, 38.
4: What have you learned about yourself throughout this whole process?
5: I mean, it sounds more like I've learned about the legal system, I guess, but, uh, you know, I I never, like, I never said to myself, like, have I done something wrong? Have I done, you know, have I done something bad? We always, I always knew that that was Punk's story and he wanted to tell it and I never thought there was anything wrong with that. So, there wasn't a lot of self-checking or self-realization in the moment, to be honest
4: what advice would you give fellow podcasters
5: get insured
4: now why is that And you said that what is that
5: uh just the cases like this you know they can just come when you don't expect it and you know if if you're not insured the money's coming out of your pocket
4: i thought the coolest moment was when you and punk embraced and i could see you both crying and what was all that like when you guys finally can saw you guys just crying? It felt like all this weight of the world was yeah. released on you guys. I mean, he was you know, when he was
5: done when he was done with the podcast that we did, all this weight was off his chest, and then it gets sucked right back into it. Not only that, into a court case, into all this stuff, and all this money, and everything's involved. So. I knew the relief he, was, he felt when he was
4: done, so I knew, got a good sense of the relief he felt when he was done with this. And with this, what would you like to say to the Colt Cabana fans? I mean,
5: I just, you know, I, everyone was supporting me. I mean, not everyone, but my fans, you know, I constantly get updates and people were with me and have been for so long. And it's just nice, like, validation that a jury of my peers,
0: they got it. Thank you,
1: Corey. Thanks. And we're back.
0: Okay, we have articles up. We have a breaking news podcast up yesterday. All that stuff can be found at Fightful.com and, of course, our YouTube, youtube.com slash Fightful. If you all don't subscribe to that, please do. Hit the bell for notifications, and the thumbs up helps, too. If you want to listen to the audio of our podcast, we are on everything. What all are we on, Melissa? Do you even know? Oh, oh she knows. a
1: lot. I set them all up for the most part. You <laughs>
0: know we were on iHeartRadio until recently, and somebody said— We are said, still. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody's like, we listen to iHeart—to you on iHeartRadio. And I was like, wow.
1: Podbean well, and iHeartRadio and so Libsyn and Speaker and Stitcher, Stitcher and Sp- yeah. Speaker or something like that. Yeah. Tons, tons,
0: also. Also, guys, today I finished a members-only podcast on FightfulSelect.com with Alex Andreson. He's one of our sponsor-level tier members. Uh, He also had an article request, which is going to be up on Sunday. That's going to be really good. It's about New Day. But we talked about his uh, visit to Raleigh for SmackDown last week and some off-air notes and cool stuff like that. So check it out.
2: Awesome. So, uh, you know, sometimes I hate putting over the same people over and over and over again. Because it comes off like we're—I don't know. There's favorites. Just just praise on me at the beginning of the show, Jimmy. (laughs) My God.
0: I don't want to be. I don't
2: want to be. And I. And I'm. I'm not knocking him. I'm just being honest. I don't want to be like a Melcher, always putting over the young bucks because they need to move after him. Um, but I have to once again put over Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens is awesome, and what he just put on his Twitter profile is just. How can you not love Kevin Owens when he does stuff like this? This is why you like him, because of stuff like this. Put up that, uh, that screenshot of Kevin Owens' Twitter profile. Mm-hmm. So here's a quote from it for our non-video people. I got verified again so that I can beg Shania Twain to play my favorite song, When, at her concert this summer in Montreal, because I'll be there, I'm serious. <laughs> How can I not love the guy for doing stuff like that? I actually looked up the date of the concert. It's on Tuesday night, June 26th, which is actually my mom's birthday. And, uh, so there you go. He actually claims he got verified again on Twitter because he wants to get Shania Twain to play his favorite song.
0: (laughs) How can you not love him,
2: Sean? How can you not love
0: him? It's fantastic. And he's, and I believe him. Even (laughs) on Raw,
2: even on Raw, and I realized it was like heavily produced and stuff, but even on Raw, when he was too scared to climb to the top of the ladder, even though we've seen him do way worse shit. Yeah. You know? But but the Kevin Owens character of today was too scared to climb to the top of the ladder, and that gave Finn Balor the opportunity to turn the tables on him. You can't help but love the guy. I wish that they would run with him. They, they, uh, I thought they did great things with him in Jericho. Split them up. He had the title for a while, but he's kind of been on the decline since before WrestleMania in terms of how they book him. Uh, I love him. How can you not? Yeah, good stuff from him. I hate that Sami Zayn's got to go through the shit he's going through. Oh, man. And Bobby Lashley. I feel for Bobby Lashley, man. I do. Because I don't think he came over from Impact Wrestling, and Bellator for that matter, thinking they're going to have me in this dog shit storyline and I'm going to come out to no reaction. It's uh, he, he, He's a star. Like they're, They've dropped the ball with Bobby Lashley. But I When like- we had our
0: argument last week, I should have really just burned you and said, you don't really run a company! And then it would have just set you off like Bobby Lashley. Because he got serious. He was like, What? military i mean i know it's documented
2: what i would have done say such a thing i would have said nothing and then like an hour later you would have been like hey how come my uh, login's not (laughs) working (laughs) kind of would have started there so uh, let's move on i want to ask you this question what is the general feeling today or these days about impact wrestling among like wrestling fans like what's the general feeling about impact these days
0: i've had more interest in impact wrestling since now since the deletion days. You have?
2: Uh, Really? quality
0: of the show is pretty fair. It's Rarely is it bad. Don Mm -hmm. Callis and Scott Demore took a thing in which I thought was completely insolvent and they built some goodwill for it. I don't know what that will mean in the long run, but Mm -hmm. it's very clear that they see things more broad. They see things more progressive. I mean, people have the rights to their own names now. I mean, I don't know how i feel about that necessarily yeah, uh, yeah. from a financial standpoint if that makes any sense really but, bad business also, decision, but but also it does give those people more of an incentive to even wrestle for impact so there there is that they do things a little bit different they're able to hide spoilers a little bit better because they film stuff at different times they film stuff at different places i think that's cool I think overall, Impact has been pretty, uh, pretty easy to cover, and that is not always the case. Mm-hmm. That was not the case for a long time. For a while, I mean, I would watch Impact, but I wouldn't review it. I review it for the Weekender on Feifel Select, and it's, it's all right. And there's still, the still is, interest. They're a little. It's very digital friendly too, because I think they get, they understand a lot of people aren't going to watch their show. Right. You can watch their YouTube videos and not really miss anything.
2: Okay, and are they still heavily emphasizing Twitch? Like are they still are they keeping up with the weekly shows on Twitch? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah, I don't know if it I don't know if it's ever weekly shows, was it? Yeah, well it was supposed to be. They're gonna do one with Josh Matthews, remember the new law, right? Oh, I don't know anything about that. Okay. I would I will never watch anything like
1: that. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Well the reason I'm bringing it up is because uh on the show that aired last week, because they do tape in advance, so on the show that aired last week. Austin Aries regained the Impact Wrestling title over Pentagon. And Sue, Yo- Sue Young, who is uh, Rich Juan's wife, won the Knockouts title on the same show. And uh, I know Austin Aries' gimmick is that he's collecting all these titles, kind of the Ultimo Dragon gimmick. He's collecting all these titles, and I think he challenged for the Ring of Honor uh, TV title last week, and uh, they Bailed. thought he won it. They did the swerve, and, and he yeah. didn't. But uh, So I was just kind of curious because I don't watch Impact. Uh, I don't get pop. And I think in Canada they are on the fight network and nobody watches the fight network. So they they that... should build sorry, they should build to Moose and Ares that's really what they got right now. Right, right. Okay. I was kinda curious about that. What do you think about Leo Rush going to two five live?
0: I like it. I think it means that Ricochet will go to SmackDown or Raw because in my estimation, I think they have a future Rey Mysterio in Ricochet or Leo Rush and I thought that the one that went to 205 Live meant the other one would end up going to Raw or SmackDown eventually, mm-hmm. because I think they they in the ring, those two in particular are very, very special. If you put both of those on 205 Live, I think it's a waste. Agreed. I think he is a great addition to 205 Live in the ring. So no doghouse, I guess, for the Emma comment. Well, there was. And there it's was.
2: over. Is it over, I guess? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, it's over. Well, unless he shows up and... Gets beat by TJ
2: Perkins in 20 seconds or something. I mean, you never know. I mean, I, I definitely see something ricochet. Did you see the spot with Velveteen Dream where he did the flip over the top rope? So I did commentary for Premier
0: MMA Championships last weekend, and my broadcast host didn't know that he was a wrestling fan, but his name is Ray Allen. And like one of the first things he brought up was that spot. It's amazing. Amazing. And- I love I actually saw Mike Bucci, the former Nova on Facebook, put over Velveteen Dream for his facial expressions. Oh, you really that was really good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how you as if the front flip wasn't enough to make a guy, Velveteen Dream's
2: reaction made Ricochet even more. And he he really got that down. It made me think of the Olympics when the gymnast lands on the mat and they get extra points if they don't move once they hit their feet. Once they yes, lift. and Ricochet, perfect landing. Like, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, like, move at all. You know what I mean? Like, that guy is something special. Tyler Vols is a
0: friend of mine who does a lot of great uh, play-by-play on the independent circuits. And he says, I cannot wait to see all these indie wrestlers try that spot. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> broken legs, broken ankles. Yes. But I no. saw
0: that, and I've I've broken my ankle or uh, injured it pretty badly twice. And I just saw that,
2: and I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy uh, is something. He's something special. They need to protect him.
0: In the match, he suplexed Chris Dijak, who's huge. Did a deadlift suplex
2: to the guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he is something. So earlier on, I was going over uh, media with Melissa, you know, and, and getting her to to set certain things up. And I said to her, uh, I, I referred to one of them as Brian Christopher. Mm-hmm. And oh Melissa, said, M- Melissa said, uh, I don't have that. I have a Brian Lawler. And I said, oh, it's the same one. Uh, his dad is Jerry the King Lawler. And she goes, I know that name. <laughs> so go ahead and put up the picture of Brian Christopher, Brian Lawler. Uh, what happened? Did he slide in Melissa's DMs when she was like 17 or something? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. So this is a, a recent shot of him. Uh, he was arrested Tuesday no, night. He was arrested Tuesday night at the Hampton Inn in downtown Memphis for staying in a room with another wrestler named Terry T. without paying for it. They used a credit card. They didn't have any funds available. Uh, And I have, you know what, I've covered enough stuff with people getting arrested. This is the first time I'd ever heard of the term theft of services. He was charged with theft of services, $1,000 or less. So obviously it's, you know, not a major charge. But uh, he's had his, his share of problems. Remember he got his ass kicked there a little while ago? yeah he's had his share of issues uh jerry lawler i'm sure is uh is massively proud and uh i saw this mugshot wanted to put it up Mm
0: -hmm. and he's not going to be able to afford his jet ski insurance this month that's for
2: sure i just signed that yesterday (laughs) it's funny you bring it up i just signed it man he looks more and more like jerry Lawler. He does especially with the hair dyed black yes yeah Yes. Every
0: single year. Yes, he does. Oh, man. Yep. Like, look at Scotty. Look at where he's at right now. Scotty yep. became a respectable citizen after his wrestling career ended. I think he was a firefighter for a while. Yes. And he showed up on NXT looking younger in his NXT days than he did in his WWE days
2: somehow. Yeah. And there was Brian. And you know what I mean? We, we've seen it with other people. It's difficult sometimes when you're trying to live up to the, to the legacy of your dad or of your mother. I think it's difficult. And I know, uh, you know, you've heard the stories even about Owen and Brett. You know, you've heard the stories about Owen living up to Brett's legacy. I remember Jerry Briscoe talking about having to live up to the legacy of his brother Jack, you know, like, and that's just siblings, let alone your, your Jerry the King Lawler is one of the greatest ever. And one one of the greatest promoters ever. And the 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 thing was, he's, Brian's good, was good. Yes. They wanted to put that
0: light heavyweight division heavily on him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he saw it as some
2: hill that he couldn't climb over. I don't know what. I think he didn't want to be uh, uh, typecast, I think. Because his dad, I mean, his dad never trained, you know, his dad never worked out. Uh, covered his body with his outfit and stuff like that, but his dad was, was just so successful for so long, and unfortunately, Brian was a smaller guy, especially when you get to WWE. He was a smaller guy, and I don't think he wanted to be perceived. In Memphis, he was booked as a top guy. Yeah. And I don't think he wanted to be perceived as a cruiserweight in WWE, but uh, it's a shame, man. He was good. You're right. He was good. Crazy to think that 5'10", 215 is
0: small, right? Yeah. That That's wild to think now, but... I mean, his screw ups are a part of WWE lexicon. They brought it up during the, one of his last appearances in 2011, I think it was. But I used to love it when he did the dance
2: as part of the intro, and he would do the thing where he had one arm like that shaking. Oh yeah, like, I, I busted like, my. I oh, thought that ass was freaking hilarious that one. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. It yeah. was,
0: it was a failure. It, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, he, he got. I mean, he. They gave him a chance in 2004 to come back, and yeah, he screwed it up within
2: a month. I, I just hope he gets his shit straight. Last thing on my list today, I want to talk about the longevity of the hurricane. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I followed the hurricane on Twitter. At least I used to. I don't follow a lot of people on Twitter. But uh, he would always kind of, whenever there was, say, a promotion or something or a wrestler saying, hey, I'm looking for a challenge or, or anything like that, the hurricane would always respond and say, I know a guy, dot, dot, dot. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he's always kind of been out there. He uh, was in the Royal Rumble and I, I think that kind of helped him out when it, came, when it came to the independence. He was, of course, an impact for a long time. When you know that next Friday, Ring of Honor is doing a tour in Texas, the Hurricane is booked on that tour with Ring of Honor, and he's going to be at their TV taping on June 30th in Fairfax, Virginia. That guy, man, he just hustles and hustles and hustles and continues to eke out a living. Good for him. Good for the Hurricane.
0: Whether it's podcasting or being an agent, being a wrestler, any of that, when the Pro Wrestling Unlimited guys mentioned that to me, I was like, well, he always does that. Like, as he posts the teaser and stuff, I was like, that, that's something he always does. And I asked him of, about this. He's, he's very proud of that. He's proud of the fact that he can that he's he can say he wrestled for Ring of Honor, TNA, WCW, and mm-hmm. WWE.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I even joked with him, technically ECW too, briefly. Mm-hmm. But um, I asked him about the Hurricane name. I was like, you can't use that, Canyon. He goes. You'll have to wait and see. I was like, you
2: can't use that name. You
0: can't use Avalanche. John Tenta used that. You can't use Earthquake, Typhoon. He's got to be Tsunami Shane. Or like. You don't think maybe the her,
2: uh, Hunter would light, just kind of be cool about it, no? Maybe? Light Winds Helms. <coughs> yeah, That's who knows? We're see. It seems but like yeah, Hunter, Hunter, out is, to, Hunter seems out to be to way Shane, more tolerant yeah. about that kind of stuff these days.
0: Yeah. Uh, and people ask a lot of, about the mask. He. The mask, I think, that even wore at the Royal Rumble, that's one WDB doesn't really own the trademark to. He created that version of the mask, so he's able to do that. And the
2: belt. But, yeah, very happy to see Shane doing that. I'd love to interview him about that sometime soon. And considering that WWE went out of business 17 years ago, and he's continued, and I don't know how old he is now, but he's got to be in his early to mid-40s. Got to yep. be. And he continues to eke out a living. Good for him. When, when, when I think about guys like that and guys like Tommy Dreamer, that continue to eke out a living. Like I just I respect those guys. That's a hustle what those guys do. He'll be forty four next month. Okay. That's a hustle, man, what those guys do. I
0: respect it. I wonder what kind of schedule he's keeping. I mean, I know I, I know the guy is in pain because of that ankle injury. Like mm-hmm. he can't feel good, but yeah, I look at it, he had four bookings in July, a few in, in or in May, a few in April, a few in March. So he's still rest, wrestling here and there. Mhm.
2: I mean, with a lot of these guys, that's all they know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Shane, fortunately for him, is a very creative guy. He sees the bigger picture on things. Mm -hmm. I'm actually very surprised he hasn't been picked up by WWE yet to do agent work. Or, I mean, he's worked as a cruiserweight, a tag team wrestler. Mm -hmm. He's worked in a six-man. He's Mm -hmm. worked as, like, virtually every way. Comedic, serious, heel face. There isn't a lot of things that Shane hasn't done Right. Even in WWE, well, with Matt and Jeff there, you never know. Maybe, maybe that's there's going to be a path for them, right? So, it's very that's true. all I got
2: for you this week, man.
0: Guys, follow me at Sean Rysap. Follow Jimmy at
2: Jimmy Van Seventy Four. Yeah, we Michael we Select. we got through a whole show without yelling at each other, Sean. I didn't call you a moron <laughs> once. You referenced it a few times. Yeah, but that was to other people. <laughs> and those who were deserving, there were stupid people stories. The guy threw his kids in a dryer. He deserves it. That's
0: very true. That's very true.
2: The banned from Fightful intro is up on
0: YouTube. Unauthorized,
2: unsanctioned, unapproved.
0: But Jimmy will still keep the YouTube revenue from it. That's for damn Uh, sure. I'll consider it. (laughs) Ah, Guys, thank you all so much. Hey, if you want to follow Nigel and Melissa on Twitter, at NigelLoki and at IRL underscore tweener, I'm ashamed that she knows what that even means. Oh, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> well, her, have you seen her forum tag? No. Her forum tag is Melissa, band wielding tweener. Good for you.
1: It was like that one that was... of the first wrestling terms I learned were you. I, it was
0: pretty for clever. Sure. It was used right. It was used <laughs> right. Go to Fightful Select. We're doing stupid people extended. We are out.
1: Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona.